It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Taking you home on a Thursday alongside producer Adam Lundy. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith, sitting in for Brett Rump as he heads with the Dons up to the Wisconsin area to take on Green Bay tomorrow. Finish up with Milwaukee in a two-big game weekend for the Dons. Welcome to your local daily sports sticks from 4 to 6 right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. We have a jam-packed show today as we head into a busy weekend of sports. Norwell and Bishop Lures will try to bring home a state championship. IU with another loss last night to Nebraska, 85-70. to We'll talk to Zach Osterman about that and get his take on the Hoosiers, as well as the Lady Hoosiers taking on Iowa tonight in a big game down in Bloomington. Caitlin Clark coming to town. Of course, we got our Thursday talk with Mr. Eric Dukevich talking a little bit about the basketball top five, but the big news hitting today up at East Noble. Luke Amstutz has taken over as the athletic director at East Noble and therefore will not be coaching moving forward. So East Noble will be looking for a new head coach in football, but congratulations to Luke. We'll get Eric's take on that as well. Justin Cohen talking about the Comets and all the things happening there. There's a lot going on there. Uh, But in other things is we got John Nolan coming on to talk a little bit about 10-cap baseball as spring baseball is upon us. As today, the Padres and the Dodgers are on. I saw Fernando Tatis Jr., up and running now after last year kind of moving his way back from the suspension. They're playing the Dodgers right now, and it's not looking too good for the pods. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing this is uh, spring training and will not go on the uh, the season record books. The Dodgers are up 8-0. to zero. It's the top of the third inning. Uh, yeah, definitely a good thing that we're just getting the kinks worked out here in the first game of uh, spring training for the Padres. Yeah. Absolutely. And my streak of bringing bad weather, cloudy weather, is back on two times in a row, sitting in for Mr. Brett Rump. I'm going to work on that next week. We're going to have a talk with Mother Nature, see if we can bring some warm weather here. Flew in late last night from Charlotte, man. I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. I was telling you earlier, those little planes, yeah, those commuter jets, three, three flights a day to Charlotte, and they fly these commuter jets that are, I mean... Like 10 cans. So either they're getting smaller, like I told you, or I'm getting a lot bigger. Now, (laughs) if you want to keep my feelings from being hurt, you just say they're getting smaller. Oh, of course. Anyway, but uh, glad to be here. Subbing in for my partner, Mr. Brett Rump. 
Man, Adam, I don't know. Indiana, just a disastrous first half uh, last night. And, you know, the one frustrating thing you think about this season, and I, I at times I think we're overly critical maybe of Mike Woodson and his, uh, oh, I don't know what you call it, his talents for being a head coach at Indiana after being in the NCAA tournament back-to-back uh, for the first time in 2015 and 16 to drop to where they are now. It's just so frustrating to watch. Statistic-wise, it wasn't even a contest. Three-point range, it was debacle for Indiana. has been all year, as well as their foul line shooting. Again, not, not anywhere close where it needs to be. The Hoosiers, 4 of 21 from three-point range, as Nebraska was 14 of 33. And I went right to the guard play. And this has been a problem for IU all year long. I know there was a hope for Trey Galloway. There was hope for uh, Gabe Cups. Those two combined for a total of eight points. The Husker two guards played about the same amount of minutes. They combined for 38 points last mm-hmm. night. And there's the story that has plagued IU all along. Not very good guard play. That's part of it. Not being able to consistently hit three points. And a team like Nebraska, who kind of just lives out there, and they get hot. And next thing you know, I use down 20 at the halftime. It's the same scenario each and every week with this team. They have a differential in points that is over 50 points in first half, you know, that they're, they're separated from their opponents. There's no team in America that's going to win ball games when you have that big a point differential when you look at all the games that they played. But uh, I just don't know. I, I, it, you get to the point where I don't know if he's lost the team. There are times where you look at them and they're playing well and you think, gosh, darn, if they could just put it all together, this team could be pretty darn good. But then there's spats where they just look awful, and I don't know what the answer is. And sometimes I'm not sure even Woodson knows what to do as he doesn't try to do anything to get it corrected, whether it's an adjustment here or adjustment there. I I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts, you know, you watch it quite extensively. I know Mr. Brett Rump has a little bit better forte because basketball to him is kind of where he uh, likes to hang and and critiquing teams and such. But I just don't see this team as being a hopeful team at the beginning of the year to be in the disappointment that they are now. Yep, certainly disappointing. Uh, You know, this season is definitely getting close to just a wash. Uh, I think the name of the game last night, like you said, it was definitely the three-pointers. And uh, rearing its head for the Hoosiers was their three-point defense, once again, especially in the first half, um, allowing Kasey Tominaga to just absolutely go ballistic from behind the three-point line in the first half. Uh, He was just torching Gabe Cups. uh, Was not impressive at all on the end of Gabe Cups there Mm -hmm. guarding Tominaga, and I was kind of wondering if Woodson was ever going to do something about that. Kind of did in the second half. They were able to shut down Tominaga for the first you know, part of the second half, and that was good. You know, they were able to do that little run. But, uh, you know, when you're down 20 going into halftime into the locker room, there's only so much yeah. you can do coming back in the second half. And they, they did give it their all. But then, you know, after the first uh, eight, nine minutes of the second half, they kind of just reverted back to not yeah. being able to uh, to find the basket again. And that's where I think, in my opinion, you got a mentally weak team that is not able to overcome some of the things that happen in front of them and it goes to the negative and they're booing and you yeah. know simon scott assembly hall last night you never really hear that from indiana fans but to your point on the first half they were 
one of 11 from three, 12 from 32 from the field. That's 37%. Mm-hmm. Actually, their foul line percentage in the first half was actually pretty good. They were six and nine from the foul line. But at the end of the day, in the second half, they were not very good. And other than, you know, pretty good from the field, 48%. Um, but it's the same old, same old. And um, uh, just overly disappointed in what I think IU had hoped for. And again, you come off of a season where you sweep Purdue last year. You tie for second in the Big Ten. You're 23 and 12 overall to now. And I know they lost some key components from last year. And they just haven't done a good enough job of trying to fill those holes. But we'll get Zach's take on that here in a little bit. And uh, I'm sure Mr. Brett Rump may have something to say because I talked to him a little bit. I know he was a little bit frustrated as well. But, uh, you know, key things there, a couple things coming up. Big weekend, you got Bishop Lures down at the state championships, Norwell down at the state championship. Lures takes on Browns, uh, Brownstown Central. Yep. And Gibson Southern plays Norwell mm-hmm. in the two top semi or state championship games. And the Purdue Fort Wayne Green Bay game Friday night is a stream only game at 1380thefan.com. Remember, Parkview Sports Medicine text line is always open 46862. Yeah, and we did get a couple texts. We'll just hit those. Real oh quick. well, here we go. Oh, uh, we're we're having we're we're having fun at IU's expense so far on the text line. Somebody asks, "Is IU still in the thick of it?" Of course, referencing Mike Woodson, you know, not too long ago, saying that we're still in the thick of things. <laughs> uh, someone else says, "Does McNeely even come to IU at this point?" I I think he does, but uh, that's you know. Well, this, the, the yeah, there's two ways to look at it. One, if you look at it from a kid's perspective, looking at it, he's probably on the sideline saying, "I'm better than that guy." <laughs> yeah. I'm better than that guy. Um, but IU has still got that tradition behind it. But its problem is if you see that losing like they have this year, it may play a major part in them trying to get some top talented kids uh, from uh, wherever, be it the portal, be it whatever. But, you know, you got Purdue tomorrow taking on the Scarlet Knights. They're trying to bounce back from Ohio State mm-hmm. who fires their coach. Purdue goes on the road, gets beat by Ohio State, just as always as it seems to have. And so far, that's you know the, they'll try to rebound to uh, to uh, tonight. I tonight, yep, yeah, in Mackey Arena, we'll have that game right here after the high school coaches show. Uh, that's right, right uh, here on thirteen eighty fan, my friend. That's right, you are on top of it, my man. <laughs> as I said, you're here to keep me between the white lines. I hit the guardrail every once in a while, but. Thanks to you. I uh, appreciate that. And then the Comets head on the road for a big trip this weekend. We'll talk to Justin Cohn about that and some things that have broken here over the last hour or so. But let's get caught up on all today's sports headlines with Mr. Adam Lundy. All right. Thanks, Shannon. The SEC has fined LSU $100,000 in connection to fans running onto the court after the Tigers' victory over number 17 Kentucky, the league announced today. LSU was fined under the SEC's revised access to competition arena arena policy. The policy states access to playing surfaces are limited to athletes, coaches, officials, support personnel, and properly credentialed or authorized individuals at all times. The Milwaukee Bucks have signed veteran forward Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari, 35 years old, has averaged 7.3 points, 2.8 rebounds, 1.3 assists, and 14 almost 15 minutes in 32 combined games. 
with the Washington Wizards and Detroit Pistons this season. And for all you video game out video gamers out there, for over 11,000 college football players, today will be the first chance to opt in to EA Sports' new college football game, EA Sports College Football 2025, and get paid for it. EA Sports has finalized its NIL plan and will begin the opt-in process. Up to 85 players per school will initially appear on rosters in the game, which comes out this summer. All athletes who opt in to have their name, image, and likeness appear will eventually receive $600, plus a copy of the game that's typically valued at about $70. So another exciting NIL opportunity for all you college football players out there. But I know a lot of people are looking forward to this video game coming up this yeah. summer, Shannon. I'm sure you'll be playing. <laughs> I have a tendency to sneak in there every once in a while. The $600, I saw that as well. I'm just not quite sure that's... I know they're going to be paying a, a lot of kids. Um, but for 600 bucks, hey, uh, I think some of the other big-time guys would have a little bit of a, hey, I ain't doing this for 600 bucks. Are you kidding me? But we'll see. We shall see here this afternoon. Remember, if you miss anything on the show, you can download any episode for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, and more. Just search The Sports Rush or Mr. Brett Rump. Because those are the keywords that will bring you right to the podcast that our friend Adam Lundy works diligently on after each and every show. But like right now, he's telling me we got to get out of here for a little bit of a break. So we will be back with more of the Thursday Sports Rush right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Coffin. And you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons. Yeah, Coach Kaufman and the Dons heading up to Green Bay and Milwaukee on this big two-game road trip for Purdue-Fort Wayne. Big road game for them. And just a reminder, Saturday, we at 1380 will cover the 2A and 3A state girls' finals game down in Cambridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. 2A title game approximately start at 1245 and three-game tip potentially at 6. Pre-game starts at 10. Minutes prior to tip on both of those. So good luck to the ladies from Bishop Lures and Norwell Knights as they go on a, ch a chance to capture the state championship. Well, the Fort Wayne Comets are heading on the road this weekend. Two big ones, Friday night in, in Wheeling, where the Nailers have been 8-2 and two over the last 10. They've been on a hot streak of late. And then Sunday, they're at Toledo. Now, Toledo in the last 10, I think, are about 500, but... Uh, the K's have lost some players due to call-ups. Guys going to <laughs> guy joined to Germany, so maybe a signing uh, today. But to get us all straightened out on all this, because he's on top of it all the time. From the General Gazette, Mr. Jester Cone. Coney, how you doing today, my man? I'm good, Shannon. You know, uh, I, when I when I work like I am right now, I tend to have something on in the background, and I've been marathoning. Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> we are up to the prom episode. And let me tell you, I can't remember what I watched yesterday, but I can remember being a junior in high school and all of the girls in my class walked in and they were discussing this episode that had aired before and how excited they were that Brenda and Dylan were in so much love. It's just bringing <laughs> And you're breaking news at the same time because a player that was thought to have been signed earlier in the week, 
uh, was not brought to the table until I think you said I just saw it pop through the Twitter. Well, I can't call it Twitter anymore. The X world of Griffin Fox from Lakeland University uh, signing with the comments. Solid player, twenty-two. I think twenty-eight points on the year. Pretty strong kid, six-one-one-ninety. What do you know about that young man, Justin? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know a whole lot, and, and I know people think that that they were making this up, but I really don't think they were. I don't think they had signed him early in the week. I think somebody jumped the gun on announcing this, something that hadn't happened, right? Because uh, I, I just, you know, behind the scenes. You know, just the way they were, like, they contacted me to tell me this hadn't happened. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, look, they're they're short on forwards. Uh, they lost Ethan Kevin. Um, obviously, Adams Moizan, that, you know, that just happened a week ago. Mm-hmm. And Berglund and Wedman. So they were short up front. They needed a center. I mean, Sidlowski was playing some center last weekend. And, um, you know, that's not ideally where you want him. So... Um, you know, it's a little, little bit early for really zeroing in on those good players coming out of uh, college and juniors because a lot of them are still playing. But, um, you know, obviously uh, they jumped on him, so they must think something of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they've had some success with kids coming out like uh, from those ranks over the, over the years. And hopefully this young man will be a, an added uh, shot in the arm for the Comets. Quick thing before we continue on with this discussion, I know the ECHL or Hockey News podcast that you were doing, uh, at the po- they pulled the plug on it, but is there any chance that you or somebody else with you will continue on with that format? Because let's, as a fan, I really appreciated what you were doing with uh, the Hockey News. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, if somebody wanted to, uh, you know, pay me a little money, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it went away. The, the Hockey News cited cost, which is sort of odd because it didn't cost very much. But, um, you know, I definitely heard from a lot of people that were disappointed because, you know, they felt we were filling a void for something. And I certainly do still feel that way. But it's it's a little bit different when, you're doing it for somebody that has the infrastructure and they just want you to post mm-hmm. it, put it together, than doing it yourself, you know, and, and having to do all that stuff and go out and find sponsors and whatnot. So, you know, I'd love to do it again. Um, I guess uh, I just, you know, it's, it's so much on my plate that I would need somebody to kind of yeah. take care of that. Well, here's to maybe putting a plug out to Flow Sports because you're doing stuff <laughs> with them already. Maybe they can just step in that role and, Boost that up and get you get you back rolling. But anyway, let's get back to the case because right now they're struggling. They're struggling to stay in a playoff spot. And they and the bad thing about it is the teams that are competing with them have games in hand on the case because the Comets have played the most in the in the Central Division. Um, these call ups they're expected. They happen, uh, but it couldn't have happened at a worse time losing the guys they did because they're just not in a solid place in the in that playoff run right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I really thought up until Sunday, really, that they were going to make the playoffs. You know, I just, I, I thought they there were still a lot of positive signs, and I still thought the math was, was sort of, you know, not on their side, but it was okay. But, but Sunday wasn't good. You know? Yeah. They, they, they didn't play well. You got the coach getting tossed. You got players getting tossed. 
Um, you know, it did feel a little like the wheels are coming off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can still make some cases for the good news, which is, you know, all the games left are within the division, so you do still control your own fate. Uh, the team has been streaky, so if they, you know, get on a run here, you know, there is still time. you got 21 games. You mentioned, you know, they have a history of finding good rookies coming out of juniors or college. Um, you know, so I, I still would expect them to, to bring in some really good players because they have, uh, you know, they're one of the few teams that has a scout that will go look at players, and they just have a history of that. Um, but, you know, teams above them have games in hand, like you said. Teams above them are playing really, really well. Indy has won seven straight games. Wheeling has won 13 of its last 15. Yeah. Toledo uh, is up there, and even though they're not playing great, Fort Wayne's only beaten Toledo once this year. So, you know, it's, it's not looking good. Um, I don't know that I agree with the, the vibe on the street, which is, you know, oh, my gosh, it's, it's panic. We should fire everybody. I mean, <laughs> you know, I do feel like you need to see the forest for the trees. Um, Fort Wayne has made the playoffs every year since 2013. Every single other market with the possible exceptions of Toledo, Florida, maybe Idaho, like they would love to be in that position. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you went and asked all the Fort Wayne season ticket holders back in 2013, if we could guarantee you we're going to make the playoffs every year for the next 10 years, maybe throw in a championship, they all would have been like, sign me up. Uh, but now it's like, oh, the, the sky is falling. And, and I get it. You know, like anybody that roots for a team, of course you don't want them to miss the playoffs. But I do think you have to have a little perspective. It's not like they haven't been competitive. And this is a rebuild. I mean, it is. You have all new players. you got new coaches. I mean, this was a rebuilding year of trying to find and establish that new nucleus. You know, the new Sean Sidlowski's, the new Petrozelli's, you know, those guys that they had here for years. And I do think you're finding some of those guys, whether it's Matt Wedman or Jack Dugan or uh, Brett Brochu, you know, whoever it is. I mean, it, it, it just, I don't know. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I'm going off tangent here, but, but you know, <laughs> Comments I get, the emails, I mean, just the, the, the anger and the hatred. And I'm like, I, sometimes it's just like, wow, you know, like, it's not like they're in last place, you know, like they're in it still and they'll probably continue to be in it. And it, it's just, you know, the, the demand of the fans here is sometimes very um, awe-striking. Well, and that's expected in the Fort Wayne market because, you, you know, just kind of like you said, it's, uh, it's a job that, uh, you know, a lot of people covet, and but with that comes a lot of expectations and pressures and things of that magnitude. I don't feel like they've re- even recovered after they lost Cam Wright. You know, it, it just seems like they've always been missing a piece here or there the entire year to really solidify them, especially in the scoring department as well. But, you know, one thing I thought you, I think you wrote about this week or, or when you were talking about seeing the the bright side of things is the, the roster um the, the roster the way it was set up this year they really went more to a youth movement 
than anything that I've ever seen them do before. What was the purpose in that respect? Do you have any insight into as why that was kind of the focal point of the, the roster this year? Well, and, and, and to be clear, you know, I'm not saying, you know, like I'm making some excuses, but absolutely I have problems with, with things they've done. You know, I'm not saying they've made all the right decisions. No, no, no. They've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, even this week, I'm like, okay, you know, what, no roster changes. Um, but to your question, I think it's a mix of a few things. Um, you know, again, rebuild, and you don't rebuild with 20, 28, 29-year-olds. You rebuild with 22 to 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Um, you know, a lot of these younger guys came from Bakersfield and from Edmonton. I mean, you look at a player like Jake Chason, he's very young. He's, he, but it doesn't mean he's not a prospect. It just means he's raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no against me. I mean, I know it's the second year here, but, you know, he's young. He's raw, you know. So some of it comes from up top. Uh, you do have to remember that Jesse Kalki wasn't hired till relatively late in the process, and that changes how you build a team. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the, the, the big names, the guys that everybody covets, um, you know, a lot of them are gone by the time you get into mid-June or, or July. Uh, but guys who are left are the ones who kind of fallen through the cracks or a little bit younger or waiting for uh, that right offer. You know, Nolan Vulcan, there's, there's a good example of a player from this year. Like, he was highly coveted. He was fielding a lot of offers. Fort Wayne was able to give them the best offer, and part of that was because they were late in the process and they hadn't spent money on a lot of returning guys, and so they were able to do that. Nolan Vulcan got off to a great start. He's been quieter of late, but that's to be expected. You know, like these, the big thing with rookies is they are not accustomed to the rigors of an ECHL season where it's longer and there's three games and three nights every week and all that stuff. Right. So you got to expect it. Um, but you know, one thing is, it's a lot of the same type of players that that's yes. one issue with how they constructed the roster. I mean, is there a huge difference between a Nolan Vulcan and a Kerr Linden and a Carl Berglund? I mean, so, you know, that, that's my kind of one thing. Like it's, it's usually, you can look at the roster and be like, okay, here's your power forward. Here's your, you know, your finesse center. Here's your shot blocker. I mean, it's a lot of these guys are interchangeable and that can be good and that can be bad. Uh, I would, and I think I've said this to you before, I would point to the Florida Everblades, where Jesse Callagy comes from. That's a lot of how they're built. A lot of interchangeable players, but really good players. And I think they're trying to replicate that, but you can't just snap your fingers and come up with it overnight. Yeah, that's a, yeah. In some cases, you can, but it, more than not, you're not going to see that uh, incident success with, especially with the rookies, as you uh, beautifully laid out in terms of what you can expect from them coming into their first pro year. But you know, hey, they got a chance still. They got to get rolling here at, against Wheeling, and it just takes one game to maybe, hopefully, make it two, and you get yourself on a hot streak and get yourself into the playoff. But, Justin, I appreciate you coming on today. I know there's a lot of things happening that you're trying to stay abreast on, but I always appreciate talking to you here on the Sports Rush. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Justin Cohn from the General Gazette and the Fort Wayne Comets, who take on the Wheeling Nailers. That will all be right here on WoWo.
coming up on Friday night. We're going to step aside. When we come back, talk a little bit of John Nolan and the 10 caps right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on Thursday afternoon. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, which is now X at 1380 The Fan, and all of us as well. Coach Griff 55 on X. And right now, the spring season is upon us. Right now, we got the Dodgers and Padres playing out in Arizona. It's an 8-1 lead for the Dodgers right now. So glad, like Adam said in the first segment, that this is not counting. <laughs> but we've got a, young, uh, a good guest coming up here with the Fort Wayne 10 Caps, the voice of the 10 Caps, Mr. John Nolan. How are you today? Hey, Coach, I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for uh, a chance to, uh, to visit here. Yes, uh, under that tin cap season is around the corner now that the Padres are officially underway with their spring training schedule. And yeah, pretty cool, as usual, to see all the former tin caps uh, that now have made it to the major leagues or in some cases in spring training, not necessarily uh, likely to make the major league roster, but still get to kind of dip their toes in that big league experience. So just checking the lineup that the Padres have today, starting off in the leadoff spot with Fernando Tatis Jr., who we had, of course, in 2017. Luis Campuzano was our all-star catcher in 2018, and this year he's uh, set to be the primary starting catcher for the Padres. Uh, here Rosario, another guy who we had during that Tatis season, getting the uh, opening day of spring training start at uh, third base, and how about this? Jackson Merrill, he was our shortstop last year all the way into July. The Padres actually have him starting today in left field. Uh, he's going to be, he was only a shortstop for us. He's going to be uh, more of a, a versatile, not necessarily even utility guy. I think he might just become their starting left fielder and not to mention already a few pitchers in the game. And that's yeah, uh, pretty awesome that throughout the baseball season, whether you're following the Padres or, as we know, so many of our guys wind up maybe being traded or eventually hit free agency and signed with another club. So basically, whatever major league game you, you put on all year, uh, good chance you're going to find a former tin cap, or if not a former tin cap, then somebody who came through Parkview Field uh, on the opposing side. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it was not good to see some of these kids that come out of the tin caps uh line up and make it to the big leagues and that's kind of what's nice about seeing the 10 caps play and knowing that maybe one day these young men will get a chance at the major league uh, big time and some of them have right now so that's all what it's about in terms of minor league baseball now the 10 caps themselves when will they get started kind of out there in arizona because i know i'm sure Mr. Nutter's going to be heading out west here soon, too, to just to check in on the, the, the prospects that may be coming to Fort Wayne. Yeah, so as the uh, big league spring training got underway, actually in case the Padres to a Super Bowl Sunday, the guys started to uh, report there to Peoria, Arizona, which is within a half hour or so of downtown Phoenix. Funny enough, there's actually a Huntington University campus in Peoria, Arizona, like yeah. right around the corner from the, the spring training complex that the Padres have, which is where the guys we will see at Parkview Field come through. So another factor in spring training is that, yeah, you can have guys who aren't on the major league roster be a part of it. So just to mention a few others from last year, Vance got to know guys like 
Nathan Martorella, our first baseman. Jacob Marcy, our center fielder. Uh, let's see, uh, Ethan Salas, the 17-year-old catcher who we had for uh, a couple of weeks. And uh, guys like Robbie Snelling, 19-year-old left-handed pitcher we had for uh, part of the year. They're all down in spring training right now. So lots of top prospects get an early invite. They actually even have like a special mini camp, they call it, for some of the younger top prospects who aren't quite ready even to get those major league reps. And then slowly but surely here over the next couple of weeks, that's when all the minor league players uh, make their way and they have the minor league spring training. Pretty cool, but if you haven't been down to a spring training complex before, it's all under the same roof as far as the locker rooms go and then outside. There are a few fields that are dedicated to the major league team and then twice as many fields that are dedicated to the dozens, uh, hundreds even of minor league players. This is the case that all, all, uh, with all major league teams and their, their minor league development system. Uh, so I think the first spring training game for minor leaguers, the guys will eventually be on our roster this year, that is around March 11th. So they get uh, a few weeks before They'll be coming up here that last weekend of March is when they'll be flying up, busting up here. Uh, a flight to Indianapolis and a bus ride from Indy to Fort Wayne, to be clear. Not a bus ride from Arizona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll let somebody else insert a line there about buses uh, from Arizona. But um, that's where the station down the hallway, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, our guys, will get here. our guys will get here at the end of March. And then opening day for us is April 5th on the road, and the first game at Parkview Field is Tuesday, April 9th. Well, before we, you know, let you go here, um, you know, thanks for kind of filling us in on what's going on. That that complex out there in Arizona is something to see, as are a lot of them, because they are pretty big facilities for the spring training, as well as serving as a minor league destination stadiums for some of their uh, AAA teams. But, you know, this year you got some interesting things going on uh, at the 10K 10 caps games on thirsty thursdays talk a little bit about the concert series that's going on that uh, you guys are putting on prior to the start of the games on thursdays yeah in partnership with the uh, honeywell uh performing arts center pretty awesome because obviously our thirsty thursdays presented by rudy's already uh have long been popular as Parkview field hits its 15th anniversary season it's been a staple since uh, the first Thursday, uh, you know, usually one dollar beers towards inflation in everyone, so we're up to a full two dollars now for investing craft. <laughs> but all things considered, with tickets starting at just seven dollars, or sit behind home plate front row for fourteen dollars, not a bad deal. Uh, but to add to the fun, we're going to have from uh, May through August for Thursday night the concert series, but the pregame concert series. So gates open at six oh five. You get an hour to kind of take in the vibe out of the center field concourse. Kind of got rolling at the end of last season, as a matter of fact. We did a Grateful Dead night, and we had the Grateful group of a local cover band come out. That was such a big success. We're like, why don't we do this more often? So we'll have the Grateful Groove out for that first Thursday that we're home in May. And then we've got uh, five or six other bands that are going to be performing at the ballpark this season. So, you know, the tip caps at the end of the day, forget about the future major leaguers get a chance to see. We're really just about celebrating the local community. So this is a cool way to... Gives them added exposure to local bands. And even beyond the summer concert series night, uh, for music fans out there, we're going to have a, a Margaritaville night, a tribute to Jimmy Buffett. And on that night, we'll have uh, a Buffett uh, Parrothead cover band, too. So 
a lot of fun stuff uh, beyond uh, beyond the baseball even that people can look forward to. Well, I think it's an e- excellent way to get people to enjoy a Thursday night 10-gap ball game down at a very, very nice stadium that they have for the 10 caps here in Fort Wayne. Top notch all the way down, top to bottom, and then add to it. Thursday, Thursdays, having some concerts prior to the start of the game. Hey, Johnny, thanks for joining us here today. And safe travels wherever you may be heading right now. And uh, we'll catch you again down the road. Yeah, appreciate it as always, Shannon. And one last note, actually, just talking about the, the prospects, the minor leaguers down there in spring training. And it's almost a, still a month away, so I'm sure we can talk about it more as we get closer. But a new initiative that Major League Baseball has this year, they're calling it Spring Breakout. And so it's a showcase game for prospects. So the Padres prospects, who are going to be most of the guys that we've uh, had either last year or that we'll have this year, taking on prospects from the Seattle Mariners. But, yeah. It's like the top guys, um, and that game will actually be on MLB Network on uh, March 15th. So, yeah, just another, you know, cool thing that uh, a reminder that while we get to see him here at Parkview Field for maybe 7 bucks and a $2 beer and a free concert and post-game fireworks, the ultimate uh, affordable uh, value, same time these guys are kind of a big deal and getting that national TV exposure. And pretty soon when you try to catch them, maybe a road game at Wrigley Field, I guess uh, good luck parking for less than maybe $50 and being within a mile of the ballpark to see him and tack on another 50 or so for a ticket. So, uh, yeah, lucky to have the great value we do here uh, in Fort Wayne. Absolutely. There's no no better way to spend the summer than supporting the 10 caps and all the different activities that will be associated this year. Like I said, John, thanks so much for joining us. Safe travels, and we'll get you back on to talk a little bit more about the 10 caps down the road. All right. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks to Adam behind the scenes, too. Take care. Bye. All right, buddy. Johnny Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne 10 Caps, as well as the voice of the Dons. Yeah. Home games on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, man. Speaking of the Dons, the the women got a good win the yes, other night did. over the Northern Kentucky Norse. Um, big win for them as they look to maintain in one of the top spots of their side of the Horizon League. And then coming up this weekend, you know, the the, the men, Mastodon, are taking on, uh, they're going up to Wisconsin, the little road yeah. trip up to the Dairy State. They'll be taking on Green Bay, uh, who is, uh, you know, one of the best teams in the men's oh, side yeah. of the Horizon League. And they also have Milwaukee, which yeah. is no, no walk in the park, especially when you're up there on the road in their arena. Two tough games. Yeah. Now, last year, remember, at this time, I was filling in for Mr. Brett Rump. Mm-hmm. They had that major ice storm yeah. that took them forever. Once they got across the state line, <laughs> they kind of slid into their hotel, and it was bare knuckling the whole way on that big, oh, man. On one of those big buses. But this year, a little bit different, a little, a little warmer, bit. yeah, and a big chance for them to get two big W's this weekend. Absolutely. And then just circling back to the tin caps, wanted to mention that, of course, single game tickets are now mm-hmm. on sale for the Fort Wayne tin caps. So if you want to go to tincaps.com slash tickets, you know, that's that's the way you or you can go into their, you know, their ticket office. So shout out to John Nolan for hopping in, telling us a little bit about Absolutely. what's going on. Also want to welcome uh, Jack Gordon, who announced on Twitter today that he's going to be joining the uh, tin caps as a broadcaster this summer. He's a younger guy that's coming up through the, the broadcasting ranks. Uh, looks like he might be uh, 
part of uh, the Syracuse tree that we know has kind of <laughs> made their way through the, the the Fort Wayne broadcast booth. But yeah, welcome to Jack Gordon to Fort Wayne as well. Big uh, big congratulations to him. Well, the Tin Caps do it well. They're a first class organization and make their players feel like first class when they come here, as well as the fans. Mm-hmm. Thanks for Johnny for jumping on here. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this first hour, my man. Oh, we flew right by. Flew right by. Lots but, to cover. But listen, don't go away because no. we got some big uh, guests coming up in the next hour, including Eric Dutkevich and Zach Osterman to talk a little bit oh. of the IU basketball that I kind of, I mean, I'm tired of talking about. You're, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, you, you feel like you're tired of talking about it, but you also feel like you could just go on a, an hour-long rant oh, about it as well. If 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 Mr. Rump was here. Oh, you two could. Well, he could. He because, could. Because, you know, that's kind of right in his lane. Oh, and man. He can really dissect it yeah. uh, and and get into the ins and outs of things. So, like you said, he may be putting together a little podcast to mm-hmm. supplement mm-hmm. today's episode of the Sports Rush. But don't go away. Thursday afternoon, we're coming back with that last hour here on 1380 The Fan. 100.9 FM.